this week, I want to start a little bit differently. Before we jump into Hell's Canyon, I was looking over the vast internet. I found reviews for Our Fair Town. Oh. I found a site, uh, the well-respected, highly esteemed, many-awarded niche.com. How do you say it? Niche. Niche? Yeah. I never know the correct pronunciation. I just, uh, I stuck with that a while ago. You just picked one and went with it? Yeah. Yeah. That's where it's I'm important. At. Those are the important decisions to make in life. Oh, it's like the gif or jif. Well, it's, it's gif. Yeah, it's 100% gif. Anyway, um, that argument aside, I found a lot of reviews for Lewiston. We fared mostly positive. There were about 50 reviews. I'd say the vast majority were uh, good, very good, excellent, and then a few averages and stuff. But I picked out my favorite good review and my favorite bad review. And to the good review, I say, good job. I agree. It's great. And for the bad review... We're going to laugh at you because it's kind of funny. And you say a bunch of things that I don't think are quite true. But we'll start with the good review. Drew, would you read the good review? Do you have it in front of you right now? I do. Um, this is a five-star <coughs> review. Five-star review of Lewiston or the Lewis-Clark Valley, I guess. Yeah, probably. But I think technically it was Lewiston. But I think technically, it, yeah. All right. I don't know. For having a small population of just over 30,000 residents, Lewiston is booming with excitement. Located on the Snake River, Lewiston offers many water activities such as fishing, boating, floating, jet skiing, and much more. Lewiston is a beautiful town with tons of rich history. The community of Lewiston is kind and welcoming. Lewiston is a great place to start a family. I I mean, I, I can't argue with any of that. No, I think uh, you get points for being accurate. It does have just over 30,000 residents. That's true. It's concise. It's concise. I like it. Uh, it's booming with excitement. Eh, I would say... As, as long as you're creative and I would say to there is things, excitement. You can go do whatever you want to do. And I feel like that's where a lot of people come up short in town is... Uh, it's not boring. You're boring. Go do something. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast or just in my life. If you want to go clubbing which i don't know if that's still a term if you want to go dance to loud you know electronic music at night close to strangers which i guess no one is doing right now right uh this that it's probably not the the thing yeah, for you probably not but you're really close to spokane anyway uh booming with excitement it's located on the snake these guys it, she's just on it or she just is with the fa- very factual. Um, but I love fishing, boating, floating. Don't do much jet skiing, but it looks cool and much more. And um, the community is kind and welcoming, mm-hmm. I would say, as a whole. Yeah, it's not to say that, you know, there aren't uh, people we could do without in our community that aren't kind and welcoming. But <clears throat> no. uh, that's anywhere. I'm going to go ahead and take this one apart sentence by sentence, I think. Uh, Lewiston's a landlocked so little wait, this, city. This, this is, is the, the worst. worst. This oh, I is the forgot worst to say review. that. Yeah, this is the one star. Only got one one star. Uh, I say boo to you, whoever wrote this one star. Get a boo from me. So boo. Um, landlocked little city. And um, I'm sorry, you were making good points. What are some other little cities that happen to be landlocked? Uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, wow. I think Austin, Texas might also be landlocked. It might be. Uh, there are a, a, a vast array of others. So landlocked, uh, surrounded by a bleak landscape. It may be dry. It may be hot. Yeah, but we also are recognized bleak, as being a, a tree city. We're a tree city, yeah. and we're on two rivers. Yeah, we've got awesome trees that people have gone out of their way to plant, and... Uh, I love them. I used to live under a gigantic elm tree. It was awesome. I was right by campus. Mm -hmm. Polluted rivers and Indian reservations. One, they're losing a point because I don't think our rivers are that polluted. I think not anymore. I think at a time they definitely were, but now they've done stuff to mitigate that. Um, There's a lot of sediment from the dams. There is that. But uh, I feel like what you were getting at there that is most perturbing is... In, surrounded by Indian reservations. Yeah, I didn't get if this was a negative thing. And if it is, like, uh, go f*** yourself. Like, what? <laughs> you're just a dick <laughs> and an idiot. Uh, 
you probably should move somewhere by yourself because you're intolerable and you should just live by yourself. All right, listen to these lies. No freeways or interstates, and the roads are always under construction. Now, we should talk because Fleshman Way is getting redone right now. For once in the, like, entire lifetime I've lived here. Agreed, and it was in need of it. Yeah. And they're going real quick. Yeah, it's not bad at all. And, no. you know, I mean, I guess they, they redid that intersection there just off of uh, the Memorial Bridge in Lewiston. But And I would say um, all this new infrastructure stuff is a good sign. Right. We're supposed to do that. <laughs> We're supposed to advance our roads and streets so that uh, <laughs> commerce can continue and people uh. can get to their jobs and their lives in a more efficient manner. Uh, yeah, that's insane. That happens occasionally, but I would say that as a whole, there is not a lot of construction in Lewiston or Clarkston. No, I'd say at least 90% of it's not under construction. Yeah, maybe like 99%. It might even be that high. Because it's in the middle of nowhere, prices are kept artificially high for almost everything, which I guess maybe compared to what? Yeah, exactly. I mean, if I go buy a gallon of milk here and I buy a gallon of milk in Seattle, I don't think it's going to be that different. Uh, gas, okay. Maybe, Maybe but we're so bit. far away. Like, what are you comparing us to, Texas? Yeah. National average. I don't know. Property taxes, blah, blah, blah. The office and the commissioners being totally deaf to citizens. I don't know anything about that. Maybe they are. Well, and I, I like the know. part where they say water and sewer prices went up 40%. Yesterday. Yesterday, everybody. And we continue to get less for more every day for utilities and services. Uh, the air stinks due to the pulp mill. And I would say that's true some places. I don't know. You know what I have to say to that? Move to the hill. Move up high. Big whoop. Who cares? It's not Also that bad. big whoop. It is really you get not used that to bad. It. Yeah. You get used to it. It's really not. It's, unless you're like right down at Pepsi Park. That's about the only place yeah. it, it's a little or if bit. Or you, if you leave town and you come back, then it's more obvious. Yeah, but that's like leaving your room after you've been in it for three days and coming back into it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, there was a stink in here. I didn't even notice it. Well, there, and like, I think that the smell has really lessened over my lifetime. Oh, yeah, it's gone down a lot. I, I think and little, sh little, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. Um,. We have an atmospheric chemist who's been her uh, uh, a paper has been published. It's getting finalized about which you had a hand in. I definitely did have a hand in it, a couple fingers, and uh, as soon as that's all ready to go, we can have her in to talk about exactly what's in the air. What's in our, in our air? But more of this guy. Medi medical care is primitive. I don't know. I haven't needed much. Uh, politics here dominated by Boise. I don't know if see. Is that a Dem bash? I have no idea, which would also not make any sense because the Republicans are the majority. In I thought Boise. so. In short, if you enjoy the mountains, visit and go home. If you plan to move to Idaho, consider any of the small towns with the valley here is overpopulated. Plenty of space. And lacks amenities. Plenty of amenities. Anyway, all right, that was the bad review. I was hesitant to read it. It was long and dumb. Um, look, I, I, let's see. Can we give this person any credit? Um, I mean, you know. Nah, I, we don't have to. I, I feel like sometimes I do uh, wish that I could go to a restaurant that wasn't just like hamburgers and fries and steaks or whatever. Agreed. Um, we are lacking in that a little bit. Yeah. Thai uh, taste is delicious. Thai taste is a sleeper for most people. They don't know about it. It's awesome. You I should love go Thai eat taste. There today. Go eat Thai taste. It's I'll, super we good. We should just stop what we're doing and go get Thai taste. I would love to do that. All right. Um, but otherwise, no. I don't know. What other amenities do you really need that we don't have? You have the internet. Just buy whatever you need online, dummy. Don't even start me on a rant on Amazon, and there's one place in the valley I can find men's swim, swim trunks now. Mm, yeah. <sighs> I'm totally comfortable with buying stuff online. It would be nice if there were places where you could get it locally. But, yeah, 
it doesn't mean that I'm going to uproot my life and leave because uh, yeah. I can't buy stuff here. Anyway, Jeff Bezos sucks. Moving he on. Does suck. Um, Listen, those were our reviews. Reviews. Okay. You guys should review our show on iTunes. <laughs> be a five-star, not a one-star. If it's a one-star, have good reasons. Yeah. Don't be like this person to make it up. Drew's be honest. An idiot. Brian's voice sounds like horse gravel. Horse gravel. I don't know what horse gravel is. It's gravel that horses walk on. Yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> the sound. Anyway, uh, today we are talking about a very deep subject. Heavens. Nope. Uh, I don't Purgatory know. Purgatory hills. What's the in, inverse of canyon? Uh, heavens, mountain? Heavens flatlands. <laughs> Hell's Canyon. Oh, yeah. What the hell? Break out your <laughs> break out your electric guitar. Maybe I'll put in Hell's Canyon. Um, Hell's Canyon. Everybody, I did not know. I've lived here a long time. I've said the words Hell's Canyon. I've set foot in Hell's Canyon, but I honestly didn't know a whole lot about Hell's Canyon. And it is Hell's Canyon, and not. The Hell's Canyon. There's no the. Oh, no the. Yeah. Hmm. Just Hell's Canyon. There you go. What I couldn't figure out is if there was an apostrophe between the uh, the L's and the S. I think I don't so. think there is. I mean, it's got to give ownership to hell, right? That's what I thought, but I think it's just Hell's Canyon. Maybe so. Anyway. Maybe there's the last guy or a guy that's last name is just Hell's. And they named it after him. Unlikely. Well, that's definitely not how it was named. Somebody was writing about it was also called uh, the Snake River Gorge or it the Snake River Canyon. It was called the super easy fun time place that's not hard to be in at all. <laughs> that's also not true. Oh. Yeah. Lots of people either didn't make it out or barely made it out. I heard one I was reading one story. <laughs> Lewis and Clark. Yeah. Um, so I heard one story where these guys went in, they were going up Hell's Canyon, they all got separated, one guy drowned, uh, and then they only made it out by stealing a group of Indians horses. Hmm. And riding out of the canyon. And fish also. Which they used to survive. Oh, you know the story. I do know the story. What do you do? You know more about it? Um, well, let me put on my fourth grade history cap. Oh boy! And I believe what you're referencing there are uh, Lewis and Clark and their men. No, I'm not actually. And uh, the Nez Perce Indians. No, no, keep going with what you're doing. I'll, I'll find what I was talking about, but tell me your story. What are you referencing? Because when Lewis and it was Clark... Just, it was well after that. It was like mid-1800s. Because hmm. Lewis and Clark was 1804, 1805, 1806? Yeah. So they would have got here, I think, 1805-ish, something like that. But by the time they got here, they were in a pretty sorry state of affairs. And uh, when they when they were met by the Nez Perce, they were almost killed on sight. They kind of thought we should just destroy these guys. They're intruders. They didn't. They took them in. They gave them some food, um, salmon. And you can actually see where the longhouses were um, in the canyon uh, where they actually stayed. And they, they didn't necessarily steal their horses or anything like that, but they did acquire some food from them, and they continued on afterwards. And had they not had that encounter, they likely would have died. Oh, wow. Yep, and that's also where Ordway split off and made his trail, which was an unsuccessful endeavor. All right. Um, no, I was looking at, like, uh, something in the 1830s where some guys were trying to make it in. And they just couldn't. What do you got on that? <clears throat> what I was referencing was um, this was like five years after Lewis and Clark. Mm. It was the Pacific Fur Company. He, they sent oh. out um, people. They sent out a party of 64 men into the south end looking for a route through to the Pacific Ocean. So they were unhorsed, hungry, cold, and they were all separated. And then, so this was in 1811. Mm -hmm. 
So it was like four weeks later. They all kind of got back together. They were starving. Um, one man, uh, Jean Baptiste Prevost, uh, drowned, and then the others had been saved from starvation only by the fortuitous circumstances of having been able to steal some horses from a canyon wintering band of Shoshone Indians. Hmm. So they stole their horses and got out. Which I believe Jean-Baptiste was Sacagawea's husband. Really? I think so. I can't remember. Wow. What a crazy story. Anyway, um... Hell's Canyon, it's deep. How deep is it? Uh, I've read that it's somewhere around, and all of this just has to, it kind of depends on where you measure. So, well, yeah, because isn't it famous for being the deepest inland gorge? Is that right? It's the deepest river gorge. Deepest river gorge. In North America. Hmm. And it, there's kind of a dispute between this gorge and another gorge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's 10 miles wide, and then you measure it basically from He Devil on the Seven Devils. That's mm-hmm. going to be your topmost peak. And it uh, from there to the river, it's 8,043 feet. Hmm. That's according to the USDA. That's a ways. So, yeah, that's a really long ways. Uh, in comparison, the Grand Canyon, which I believe is 11 miles wide, so it's a mile wider, mm-hmm. uh, it it only goes up just over, I think, 6,000 feet. Hmm. So it's 2,000 feet deeper than the Grand Canyon. Gotcha. Which is kind of crazy because that's almost a mile. It is crazy, especially when you see Hell's Canyon, and I've never been to... The Grand Canyon, but just looking at it in film and pictures and stuff, it just seems massive. But it is quite different. Yeah, I've been there once, and I don't know. I think they're they're just totally different. Probably geologies to geology. Is that the right word? Yeah, I think so. Geological features. Exactly, different rocks. <laughs> you know. Yeah, we got a lot of igneous and basalt happening up here. Exactly what you said. Um, let's see. So that's that's kind of how it stacks with the Grand Canyon. Um, there is one other mountain in California, or mountain, gorge. Mm-hmm. In California, it's called Kings Canyon Gorge. It says that it's deepest, and Hell's Canyon says that it's deepest. Mm. Uh, but the it all kind of goes into what's a gorge. Right. So as we were saying, if you go up Hell's Canyon, you get areas where it's just steep, sheer cliffs. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's not the whole way, but it, it's just obviously you're in this steep canyon. Right. But Kings County, Kings, what did I call it? Kings, Kings Gorge. Canyon Gorge. Kings Canyon Gorge. It, uh, it says that from, according to rivers.gov... Uh, it's going to be 8,240 feet. So 200 feet deeper. Hmm. But it's so wide that it doesn't give you that same gorge effect. Right? right. They say it doesn't feel like a gorge. I'm saying we claim it. We own it. Our title is the correct title. I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. And do you know the deepest gorge in the world? I don't. Well, the deepest gorge in the world is called uh, the Kali Kandaki Gorge. And it's in Nepal, in the Himala- Himalayas. 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 Himalaya. Yeah. Um, so that's the deepest. Guess how deep that is? 12,000. over 19,000 feet mm. deep. That's also funny because in Nepal... And China, they have the dispute about which side of Everest is taller. Oh, right. They say that the side, I think, in China is taller by some amount. Maybe it's Nepal. I might have backwards, but another connection there. 
Hmm. Uh, apparently one side is taller. I don't remember which one. But in any case, I think we own the title of Deepest Gorge. I think so, too. If you just Google Deepest Gorge in the U.S., it'll come up Hell's Canyon. Yeah. Uh, Google thinks it's the deepest. Um, all the Hell's Canyon... You know, government websites say it's the deepest. Kings County web or Kings, Kings, Kings County. County. Every time. Local reference. Yeah. Kings Ish. Canyon. Kings Canyon Gorge. Website says it's the deepest. And I think we'll just uh, we'll just never know. We'll just never know, except for I'll know that it's Hell's Canyon. <laughs> so it looks like you've got some different like points of reference listed here. Uh, you want to go over some of those for people that have never been to the canyon? Yeah. That are from the valley or, or at least have been to the valley? Yes, exactly. So if you know where um, Hell's Gate State Park is, which this person, whoever put these in, they're kind of making a... Uh, um, a reference from Hell's Gate, right? So gotcha. it's called Hell's Gate, not it's because again, Washington Hell's Canyon Recreation Area does not extend into Washington, mm-hmm. uh, but I still like calling it Hell's Hell's, you know, Hell's, Hell's Canyon. Canyon. Yeah. Uh, so starting at Hell's Gate, you got three miles to a Soton, right? So that's now you're leaving the valley as we know it. Mm-hmm. If you keep going uh, south of a Soton. Uh, it's going to be uh, from Hell's Gate, 17 miles to Buffalo Eddy. Yeah, and we should talk about Buffalo Eddy really quick. Oh, 100%. It's a pretty cool place. If you've never been there, um, it's it's only accessible on the Idaho side, and it's kind of, well, I guess it's impossible to get there unless you have access on land to get down there somehow, which I don't know how you would, but otherwise it's only accessible by boat. And what's cool and significant about it is it's got these really cool Nez Perce petroglyphs, um, which they still aren't really sure how those were applied and why they still remain on the rocks. But uh, there are apparently some other places where you can find them in the canyon, but they're they're really well preserved there, and that was a site of importance for the Nez Perce is like a meeting meeting spot. Um, it had like petroglyphs to depict like fishing stories, hunting stories. It's, it's really cool to check out. And do you know about how old those petroglyphs would be? I don't right off the top. Um, it would be a great thing for you to reference, though, in a book called Among the Nez Perce. Um, it was written by uh, Alan Pinkham. He's a Nez Perce elder. It's, it's an awesome book. You should definitely check that out. Um, it's got a lot of really cool information in there. And there's also, I don't know if they really stop and talk about Buffalo Eddie too much in this documentary, but... Ken Burns, which I'm sure many listeners are familiar with Ken Burns and his documentaries. They're great. Um, He made a documentary series in 1997 called Lewis and Clark. um, And Alan Pinkham is in that documentary. And he talks about that run-in that we discussed earlier with Nez Perce the Nez Perce and uh, Lewis and Clark. It's it's definitely worth checking out. And, you know, I might have blown some stuff in that little story that I gave. So definitely check fact check me there and watch those docs and uh, read that book. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, how the Nez Perce treated Lewis and Clark is huge and probably would have just completely changed Yeah, that would have changed the history. course of history, for sure. Yeah, they may, nobody may have ventured out this way for some time if they hadn't returned you know right so they probably just would have tried to find a different way yeah the whole oregon trail video game would have been (laughs) i don't know the utah trail or something you have died of starvation and ineptitude utah california trail (laughs) 2020 you've died of covid19 all right sorry everybody all right so if you keep Driving, you got another. It's twenty six miles, so another about ten miles to the Grand Ronde River. Oh, that was close. I like said to, thirty. Well, it's thirty. It's twenty six from Hell's Gate. Okay. So it's yeah, um, ten miles more than Buffalo Eddie. Mm-hmm. So that I think you were really close. Yeah, I was pretty dang close. Yeah, I'll take it. All right. Especially if you're going from Lewiston or Clarkston. Mm-hmm. You're even closer. Uh, but the Grand Ronde's great for fishing. Absolutely. Come in and see me at uh, North 40 Fly Shop on Lewiston's Thane Grade. I'll get you set up on some bass gear to go catch some bass in the Grand Run. Which is so much fun because those, those bass, 
they like to fight, and it's a good time. Yeah, and you can get into them with relative ease, especially if you're floating or drift boating down, uh, which is also great to do on the Grand Ron. It's great to do on all the rivers. Mm-hmm. Watch out for snakes. Definitely watch out for snakes. It's that time of year. Um, so another few miles, you'll actually get to the Hell's Canyon National Recreation Area because you have found the Oregon State Line. All right. And, and not the a, football team. Right. And there's a sign on the wall of the canyon that kind of tells you where you're at. Oh, that's neat. Um, I might have a picture of it. We might throw that up on Facebook if, if, I, if I can find it. All right, all right. That's pretty cool. So uh, about 20 miles from the Grand Ronde, you're going to run into the Imnaha River. And then if you keep going, you'll hit Doug Bar, uh, 72 miles from Hell's Gate State Park, so way up in the canyon now. Uh, you're going to hit Pittsburgh Landing, which is where some of the first people that went in, like steamships, trying to get their goods. Mm-hmm up the rapids and everything that's as far as some of the first people could make it right which is insane to think about running a steamship up something like hell's canyon it's absolutely insane i'd be afraid to run my dad's jet boat up there yeah and and that's what they're uh, made for yeah (laughs) yeah i yeah i am taking a jet boat ride i'm starting in riggins and going up the salmon nice this weekend yeah that's gonna be awesome yeah it's going to be a great time. And the guy that does it does it all the time. He's a guide. Mm-hmm. And so we go up the rapids and yeah. he just does it like it's nothing. Sure. Yeah, that'll be fun, man. It's really neat. Uh, getting off topic. So uh, the Pittsburgh landing, getting the steamships up there. I was actually reading that to actually get up some of these giant rapids, mm-hmm. they would install metal rings in the canyon walls Mm -hmm. and then put a cable on it and attach it to a big, um, what do they call barrel? Mm -hmm. And then the steamship would come up to the barrel below the rapid, pick it up, attach it to the boat, a a winch on the boat, and they would winch themselves up through the thing. And that's how they got up like past Pittsburgh landing and all these crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The more, you know, what I thought was crazy is they still have a mail route that goes up there. On the boat? Yeah. Yeah, There's that a jet is boat crazy. That, uh, that will run mail up there to the folks that live in the canyon. What do you have to do to get that job? Oh, I'm just a jet boat postman. I don't know. That's a song. I'm just a jet boat mailman. <laughs> it's a song waiting for you to write it. <laughs> no problem. That is your duty now. Oh. You're tasked. Just a jet boat mailman. Uh, so we were talking about Buffalo Eddie and the petroglyphs mm-hmm. and uh, pictographs. and th- There's a distinction. Mm-hmm. I'm not the one to make it. But it reminded me, so I was asking you how old they might be. And you led us to that book, which was called Among, Among the, the Nez, Nez Perce. And it sounds awesome. So the earliest, like, confirmed date would have been from a place called Bernard Creek, and there's a rock shelter, and they dated around 7,000 years ago. Hmm. But they found a Clovis point, like an arrowhead thing, Mm -hmm. and that puts it at possibly 15,000 years ago. The first people were making their way over here and populating this area. Hey everyone, just wanted to take a quick break to tell you about our new Patreon account. That's right, OSP fans, you can now directly help us fund this show and get access to exclusive content. For more information and to learn how you can support the show, head to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. Now, back to the show. So imagine you're the first person to even come through this area, Mm -hmm. right? Where you're walking... From, what was it, the north at this point? They, were they coming down north? I would guess so. Yeah. Uh, the peopling of this area the peopling is of this area. kind of ambiguous. But, yeah, uh, a lot of people think that, that we ended up here. So you're from hiking through some group of people, mm-hmm. and you just you start leaving these messages on these rocks being like, hey, man, we've been through here. Check this out. Mm-hmm. Look, you can find fish. And that's how you're leaving your message. You're just writing it on these rocks. Right. Leaving it for the next group to find. I'm guessing. I don't know why else you would write uh, on the rocks. Yeah. Or to like uh, demonstrate, you know, like a... 
this is a really significant place for fish, for hunting. Like it's, it's ample ground for these things. You might have better opportunities here, so check it out. And I think, like I said too, they they used it as a reference point that like we we meet here, we gather here. Um, and like you said, other tribes would roll through that area as well. And there's a spot where you can see where um, the Nez Perce used to traverse down from the top of the canyon on the Oregon side across over into Idaho, and they would ride on horseback across the snake. Um, and they talk about that in that documentary, that Ken Burns documentary, which is just incredible to me. I, I'm afraid of water. I, I don't like to swim. Um, you know, I love fishing. I love wet wading and all that. But the second that I start to feel like out of control in terms of being in water, like I, I panic. So riding a horse across the water, a very fast moving river, uh, no way. Yeah, I think that's that's crazy. I mean, you're, you're yeah, you like you said, you're out of control. Well, you know, they were in, in complete control. You know, I think they were just very skilled at, at, at horseback riding and, and everything about, you know, their connection to the land, their connection to how that water's moving and what to do and when and where and how. It's just, it's crazy. That's true. It would take a special kind of um, knowledge and skill yeah. to be able to do something like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Traditional knowledge passed on and and you teach your kids and your kids teach their kids and so on and so forth. It's it's really cool. Yeah. So what those markers and writings on the walls remind me of is it's kind of the same idea, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, of like taking that golden record and those drawings and the instructions on how to get back to our solar system and sending them out into space in the 70s. <laughs> I, I think there are people that have put forth the idea that they were like somehow talking to aliens or something like that with the petroglyphs. Okay, so it's not but, that different. I was right. It's the exact same thing. But I, I don't <laughs> know about that. Uh, I think the Nez Perce left them there. And uh, they left them there to uh, share, like I said, everything with the, the people that would come by and later take a look and see what they said. But I don't know. I, I'm not, unfortunately, an expert on it. Um, again, you might reference that book, check it out, or take one of the many tours into the canyon that you can take from the valley. And they talk about this history. Yeah. I think uh, that's actually probably one of the better things to do is actually get on one of these tours. And and so if you want to visit the Hell's Canyon, <laughs> I said the, if you want to visit the canyon that is Hell's, um, <laughs> the Hell's Canyon Gorge, there are jet boat tours. Mm -hmm. uh, I Googled, I did a quick Google of jet boat tours that came back with more than I wrote down. Uh, but you've got the big one, the Hell's Canyon Jet Boat Tours, Snake River Adventures, Snake Dancer Excursions, and Beamers. Those all I had heard before, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, check out the fishing and swimming, Buffalo Eddie, all that stuff. Yeah. I wouldn't swim too much at Buffalo Eddie. No, you might get sucked in and die. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the best place to swim, but you definitely cool off in the water there. Yeah, near it. Near it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the beach? Is it just across the river from that's where you drive to yeah, the beach? On the Washington I side. I remember uh, I was probably, oh, must have been about 10 to 12. My buddy's dad took him and I out there. We stayed a night in a camper, mm -hmm. and he caught a sturgeon in the middle of the night. Nice. It was cool. It was just a little one, though. Yeah. It's just a little one. I mean, like three or four feet long. Right. <laughs> Yeah, sturgeon are insane, and they can live to be extremely old. That's another thing you could do is take probably fishing guides. Up. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I was just gonna check that out. Um, there's one guide that comes to note or comes to mind that's of note. Um, his name is Jason Schultz. I'm gonna look up his guiding service because I know that that guy catches fish, and he spends some time in the canyon for sure. So, yeah, you can go sturgeon fishing with Jason Schultz of Hell's Canyon Sport Fishing. 
Um, but I'm sure he'd be happy to take you bass fishing or in the winter if you want to do some steelheading up that way he may be able to do that as well but i'm looking at some pretty crazy pictures of sturgeon right now and he's probably holding what looks to be like a 12 foot sturgeon in his hands and there's a bunch of dudes here with another one it's probably 10 feet this kid's got one that's at least that long so yeah they definitely catch fish and they definitely get into big sturgeon so hit that guy up if that's something you're interested in that's pretty cool and a distinction uh if you're Above Hell's Canyon Dam, right? You can't keep the sturgeon? Is that a thing? Um, You know, I wouldn't say for sure, but I would advise you to just not keep any sturgeon. Just well, they do on the back. Columbia, I think. Yeah. That's a totally different river. Yeah, just give them back. They're old fish. They've been there forever. and they, That's their home. Just let them live. <laughs> give them back. Make them bigger. Yeah. Um. Some other things to to do besides catch and release sturgeon is uh, you can go rafting. That's one of my favorite things. It's been way too long. Yeah, that's definitely more in your wheelhouse. You should talk a little bit about rafting. I'm not I'm not too hip on that stuff. Well, if you don't like <laughs> being out of control in water, maybe yeah. rafting's not for you. Yeah. Uh, call, Although call you her. still are in, in fairly good control. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but it's a lot of fun. I usually do the salmon river, uh, lower salmon mostly, and it's just a blast and a half. You put everything you have on a raft. You strap it all down as tight as you can. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got a whole kitchen box, coolers, and you wake up in the morning and make breakfast. Pack everything up onto your raft and float down the river. Um, Hit the rapids. Try not to fall off. Mm-hmm. I know that the salmon and Snake River. Um, I don't think it quite compares to like the Selway or the Loxa as far as the rafting up there goes. Is yeah. maybe a little bit more intense. Yeah, it gets ripping up there, and uh, I, I'm always amazed by that. Every time I go and fish um, during runoff, it's or pre-runoff even, it's. It's always mind-blowing to me that somebody attempts that. And then you've got, like, those guys I've referenced in other episodes, the guys that will surf the rapids on the lock saw. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Although, uh, during runoff, the snake or the salmon is is oftentimes way too high to raft. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It can get going real good. Um, Some other things to do that are not on the water would be stuff like hiking and mm-hmm. birding. There's a lot, a lot of area. I think it was something like, um, oh gosh, I want to say 200 something thousand acres. It's a huge chunk of land. Uh, most of it's in Oregon. Oregon has 133,000 acres and Idaho has 84,000 acres. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's just a ton of area to go. And that, what I'm referencing there, is actually the Hell's Canyon National Recreation Area. And that goes all the way down, uh, mostly in Oregon. It goes really far down in Oregon. Um, I was trying to see where... It went. It goes real far down, and then uh, it stops at Washington. Yeah, in terms of birding, I don't know if they're still continuing these efforts, but the Nez Perce tribe was actually trying to rehabilitate uh, condor populations. That's in, right in the canyon. They have a special relationship with the condor. They do. Um, so I, you know, I'm not positive again if if they're still continuing those efforts. Um, at the time that I took that Hell's Canyon Institute course that we've talked about before on the show, um, they definitely were, and we got to spend some time with the gentleman who's kind of spearheading those efforts. Man, he was sort of detailing what to look for in terms of structure and cover that those birds are going to need, but. It's it's kind of crazy because I never really thought about condors as being part of our ecosystem this high up. Uh, you know, they're called California condors, so you'd think their range would be well. They're California. called Canadian geese, and you've seen what that's <laughs> what true. <those> do. <laughs> that's true. So I mean, you know, I, I I didn't consider condors as part of this area, but apparently at one time they really had a good population here and. Um, and even further north. So uh, it would be cool to see them return. It would be kind of neat to be up there in the canyon and just hear this 
thunder roll over your head and have it be the wingspan of these giant birds and that would be incredible yeah so we'll see what happens with that yeah other than that uh one of my favorite things is the osprey yep those are really neat also called a seahawk also Mm. the bird that the football team seahawks are named after right and uh, if you're lucky enough, you might get to see some bighorn sheep. Bighorn sheep. I've seen river otters. Mm-hmm. Plenty um, of otters. Plenty of otters, yeah. I've seen rattlesnakes. Mm-hmm. Not always my favorite. Scorpions. I have not seen a scorpion up there, but I've heard they're up there. They are. I've seen dead ones. I've never seen live ones, fortunately. Oh, yeah. But I have seen dead ones. Huh. Yeah. yeah. There's... Oh, and then, of course, deer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Plenty white tail. Mule deer, maybe. Yep. Elk. Mm-hmm. I don't know about any moose up there. No. But I would say elk for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about was the dams. Well, we got, uh, just on the rafting note. Oh, you bet. Uh, some shout-outs to give in terms of oh, companies. Yeah, if you uh, want to go rafting. Yeah. And I don't know if you've had relationships with these companies in the past on I your haven't. trips. I've just gone with private parties. Yeah. Um, but these are mostly out of Riggins, which is kind of mm-hmm. your where you're gonna want to go anyway to to put in, mm-hmm. especially if you're going on the salmon, mm-hmm. which is a lot of where the rafting is. I haven't done any rafting on the snake. Yeah. Uh, but usually you'll go um, to to Riggins and put in, and a lot of times you'll get out at like Heller Bar or something. Mm-hmm. If you ever drive to Heller Bar, there's tons of trucks with flatbed raft trailers yeah yeah and as much as i don't like uh the water and stuff i i kind of want to get a raft i well i definitely want to get a raft and uh use it as a drift boat to fish out of so yeah that would work for sure someday but check out orange torpedo trips mountain river outfitters salmon river challenge wild river adventures and many many more i'm sure you could just uh, take three you know three blank spaces and insert the letter the words uh river snake and wild in any of those combinations and you'll you'll probably come up with a rafting company probably um also white pine outfitters out of moscow oh nice yeah, yeah check those guys out. and then i think there's been some out of lewiston as well i probably should have looked that up too yeah i think i you know Past or present, I'm sure there's had to have been some. Oasis is the one I'm really thinking of. Ah. I've seen them all the time. And gotcha. then there's Barker River Trips. So, yes, if, there's tons of stuff to do in Hell's Canyon. I learned a whole lot about it. I think the big takeaway is deeper than the Grand Canyon. Shire, 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 Shire it's less wide by one mile. Hmm. Just less wide from the Grand Canyon by one mile. I've been to the Grand Canyon. It is... It's beautiful. I almost said gorgeous on accident. <laughs> it's beautiful. Uh, the red rocks are, are something else, uh, but I, the Hell's Canyon is also beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're both worth visiting. I think the Grand Canyon is a little bit more accessible. Yeah. Honestly, definitely. I think that's why it's visited more. Yeah. And definitely. referenced more. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there are ways you can get down into the canyon. Um you could come from the Oregon side, like you said, and you could hike down the Amnaha, Um And you it, it's quite a jaunt. Um, you definitely wouldn't want to do it if you're, like, totally out of shape or elderly or anything like that. But if you're fit, um, there's a nice trail. There's, you know, what I would assume to be good fishing there on the Amnaha River. I've never done it myself personally. It's something I wanted to check off the list this summer we'll see if i do um or not but um i would definitely like to check that out uh, but yeah you can get down that way you can also like i said just hire out one of these jet boat tours they they run them all summer long and you know i don't know about this summer but uh i bet they would for small groups they might but they definitely take quite a few people up every year so check it out Definitely. And I know, Drew, you've done some time with that Hell's Canyon class. You've spent a little bit of time there. Um, what were some of your favorite parts about being in Hell's Canyon? Um, you know, for me and my work that I was focused on in the canyon, it was uh, looking at um, 
Basque sheep herders that lived in the canyon through like the 40s, 50s, 60s, um, and just kind of putting their perspective into the landscape, what it would have been like to run all these animals through there by on foot, um, you know, and be so removed from Granico where many of them came from, um, and just kind of thinking about what that might have been like. So sitting in the canyon and looking around at this weird landscape that's got to be totally different than you've ever seen before growing up in the Basque country. Um, that was really cool. Just being able to see these places that I'd studied and read, read so much about, that was really neat. Um, but also another thing that I really enjoyed was it, it was sad and somber, but feeling the heaviness of where the Chinese massacre occurred in the canyon. Um, there's a memorial site there. And when we were there, we kind of just sat and listened and kind of felt the energy of that space. And uh, that was really cool. It was really powerful. And it was easy to see, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, in the uh, 1800s there was a mining camp of uh, Chinese miners that was ambushed and killed from the tops of the riverbank or the tops of the canyon walls. Um, I believe there were 13 people that were massacred. It might have been more. I, I can't remember right now. But basically, it, it would have been impossible to see the attack coming because, A, you're, when you're in that space where they were killed, there's a lot of wind typically. The, the canyon is going to reverberate a lot of sound off from the water moving through. Um, you know, it would have been really difficult to know what was going on. You probably would have been looking around going, oh, my friends are getting shot to death. Where is this coming from? And you would have been trying to scramble around. But the canyon was, you know, like I said, just full of people on the top that were shooting down at these guys. And um, it's it's worth checking out. Google search that. Um Dr. Patricia Keith has made a film about it. Check that out as well. Um, I'll look up the name of that and we'll include that too. But that was one of my favorite things about being in the canyon. One of the things that I found out about that Chinese massacre was, so obviously they were doing it because it was a gold rush. These group of guys had heard that somebody, this, this group of Chinese guys had found gold. And so they go up. One guy actually backed out of it the day before and was like, you know, I don't I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And he didn't go. <clears throat> and then I think so seven people actually were in on the massacre. Well, eight and then one dropped out. Yeah. And then only the guy that dropped out and the uh, one of the guys that was there got in trouble. So only mm-hmm. two of them were ever it got in trouble for it and then they just dumped the bodies in the river and it wasn't until they they got to lewiston that they even knew something happened yeah i think the bodies had floated downstream and they were discovered later so 1887 was the year of that massacre okay um and i guess their idea was they'd go kill all these guys bury the gold and then after everything died down, they would go back, dig yeah. up the gold. And then I, I guess the only thing I ever found was a small glass bo- or small bottle full of gold that was worth like somewhere, I can't remember if it was seven hundred to $7,000. And mm-hmm. that, was, that was it. Well, and what was really interesting, too, about that particular mining camp is, you know, of course there was rampant racism at that time. Um between oh, really? whites and yeah, between whites and the Chinese, and in particular there in that camp because they were actually terribly successful at finding gold, where other white settlers, miners, golder, gold diggers, prospectors, whatever you want to call it, had been through and were unsuccessful. Um, not only that, but the Chinese were great at um, being able to set up gardens and kind of sustain themselves there in the canyon where it was otherwise inhospitable to many other people that had tried. So these guys were basically really jealous, it seemed, and that was part of it that fed into it and, and of course, the horrible, horrible racism. Yeah, and greed. Can't forget greed. Definitely greed. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's um, that's Hell's Canyon in a nutshell. Uh, 
I'd love to have someone like Patricia Keith come on who's done the documentary. Did you say what it was called already? No, I didn't. I was trying to find that. Um, I know that she was definitely part of some efforts to um, reunite families of the miners um, in modern times and that with the space and, and there was a memorial there. And like I said, they um, put in that monument um, as a memorial in the canyon, which took a lot of planning and fundraising, and she was definitely a big part of that. Um, and that took place, I think, in 2011. Okay. But, yeah, we'll look up the name of that film. We'll, we'll include it. And I know the Chinese government got, like, something like $275,000 from the American government. Oh, wow. Just because... And reparations? <laughs> yeah, kind of, yeah. yeah. Hmm. And I don't know which year that was, but regardless, I think it was... Somewhere between, I think it was in the middle of the 1900s. Hmm. I can't recall offhand. Yeah. But yeah, they did get a substantial sum from the U.S. as yeah. like a, sorry. <laughs> yeah. 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 But Hell's Canyon, I'd go back. Great place to recreate. Um, it's going to be unlike anywhere you've been before, probably. It really is, depending on what time of the year you go. I'd go, I'd go in... July. Yeah. I go in July. If you can go any time between May and July, that's probably going to be the best time. If you go late August, it's going to be a hot one. Yep, definitely. But yeah. the bass fishing will be good. That's true. That's true. I'm excited to go. Um, I think I'll, I'll drive. Uh, it's just it's just east of Hell's Canyon, Riggins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's it's not quite the snake. We'll be hitting the salmon, but we won't be we won't be coming out where the salmon meets mm-hmm. the snake, which is in the northern part of Hell's Canyon. But it's kind of like it. Yeah, similar area. Yeah, I'm excited to go for sure. All right, everybody, thank you for listening to what I learned about Hell's Canyon. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. This episode of the show is brought to you by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much to all of you for supporting the show. If you would like to become a Patreon subscriber, head over to patreon.com slash oldspiralpodcast. That's going to do it for this week, but the shows are not over. Get caught up on the backlog of episodes if you haven't already, and thanks for listening.